Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... <laughs> Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> what is up, everybody, and welcome in to the 49th edition of Big Drive Energy, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I am your host at Big Drive Spence on Twitter. They call me Big Drive Spence. My back is hurting a little bit right now from playing a couple rounds of golf, so I'm kind of more of small drive Spence right now. Here with my little bro <laughs> and co-host, Mitchell Smith, a.k.a. Big Drive Mitch. What's up, dude? How are you? It's an open week. We're doing a live show at the bar. We've had two weeks of league, man. Feeling good about golf right now. The Rockies and Nuggets and Avs are all semi out of it already while well, two teams are completely out of it and one is basically out of it so <laughs> golf is all we got bro i love i love this part of the year yeah it's fun and we really do get a focus on golf like i love hockey season i love basketball season but it feels like we can never truly focus completely on golf when we've got all of that going on we're going to all the games and everything waking up hungover trying to roll into work like it's never fun so now we can kind of get on the straight and narrow a little bit, focus on this U.S. Open, focus on golf, our DNVR Golf League, our podcast, so I'm really stoked. Yeah, real quick, on the DNVR Golf League, you guys, if you're already signed up and coming every week, thank you. We appreciate you. It's been a fun two weeks so far. We had uh, first week at Common Ground was pretty rough with the wind. Uh, last week we did it at Spring Valley, the Valley of Fun, as you all know it, and it was a blast. We got perfect weather. I mean, it's pretty hot, but I, you know, I fired a, a clean little 36 or no big deal. Um, only hit driver on both the par fives because like I said, my back was killing me. So I just kind of notched it down and, um, I've been working on, you know, hitting, 
taking more club and swinging easier, and it's been working out pretty well for me, so I'm pretty stoked about that. That's usually not my MO on the course, but uh, we wanted to let you all know that next Tuesday at Common Ground, Breck Brew, uh, one of our awesome sponsors that does a lot for us, they will be out at Common Ground giving everybody from the DNBR Golf League a free beer, and there's a chance to win another Breck Brew golf bag. So we're going to open up signups here um, probably today or tomorrow. So while you're watching the U.S. Open, getting the bug for golf, think about coming out and joining us at Common Ground. Uh, there will be a sign-up sheet. I'm not sure where yet. We're going to tweet it out, put it out on, uh, on, the, on the interwebs, and then you'll be able to sign up. For just one week of league, you got to pay $34 for nine holes with the cart, but you get a free Breck Brew over at Common Ground. You get to play with... Uh, Mitchell and myself, other guys from DNVR, RK, Hank, Eric. So it's a good time. We had Vic Lombardi. Shout out to Vic Lombardi for, who came out and joined us at the Valley of Fun last week in our league. So a lot of guest appearances coming up, and uh, it's a good time. So just come play nine holes with us, get a free Breck Brew, and have a chance to win a Breck Brew uh, Titleist golf bag. We already gave away one of those. Pretty awesome. But uh, make sure you get out there and sign up for that because it's going to be a good time. All right, moving on. So before we get into our full U.S. Open preview and talk about the the rough, literally, that, that it will be for these guys this weekend at the Torrey Pines South Course, which uh, we'll get into that a little later. I, I will, uh, but first of all, I want to talk about last week and uh, a win for a guy that nobody knows. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say nobody. No, Not a lot of people in the U.S. know. And uh, the, the first tournament at the Palmetto Championship, um, Garrick Higo, a uh, 22-year-old South African, for those of you that don't know, came out of nowhere on the leaderboard, that is, um, but a lot, of, a lot of people in Europe know exactly who this guy is, and something that I think is kind of funny, so every Sunday morning we tweet out our picks for, or not our picks, but we tweet out the leaderboard, and we basically give, you know, the Twitter, the Twitterverse four players. Uh, sometimes it's the field if there's three guys that have kind of separated themselves. And uh, I think this week it was. So this week we had a guy at 14 under. We had a guy at 10 under going into the final round. And then we had Garrick Higo at 8 under. And we had the field. And the least amount of bets that were placed from the Twitter poll was Garrick Higo. He got 5% of our, our votes on Twitter. And he pulled out the win. But like I said, He's, he's not a known name in the U.S. until maybe now, but around the world, and, and especially in European golf, this guy is an absolute stud. So his last six worldwide starts, he T4, won a tournament, T8, won another tournament, T64, won another tournament in the United States on U.S. soil. Talk a little bit about Garrick Higo's game, what you've seen from him, what you like from his game, and, and just like the, the fact that he kind of just bust onto the scene like we've been seeing a lot from guys this year. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> if I'm going to be honest, I haven't been able to do a whole lot of research on the guy. I know that he won he just won his last two starts on the European Tour. Like He is just another one of those real young guns, and he, he's been – not necessarily flying under the radar. I mean, when you kind of bust on the scene as quick as he has, you can't really say that. <laughs> you can't really say you saw this coming. Like he, I didn't even know who the dude's name was when I saw him on the leaderboard. And that's a funny thing because in America, it's so separated from Europe that a lot of times, like there's guys who have been known for years over on the European tour. And then they finally do something on the U S soil. And you're like, who is this guy? I've never heard of him. 
and you look at his European tour record and he's won multiple times on the European tour and worldwide. And you're like, Oh shit. So I just haven't been paying that close of attention. And that was kind of the case with Higo. Like, I mean, Bernd Wiesberger in the past, the guy from Austria, he's won multiple times over on uh, the European tour. And not a lot of people know who he is. Christian Bazunhoit. I think he's Swedish. Um, not a lot of people knew who he was until he had a pretty high finish, I think at the match play this year. Um, but there's so many of these guys over in Europe that are so stinking good. And really the difference is with these guys is the European tour culture of golf is so much different than, than, uh, America. Like if, if you want to play on tour, you don't go to college, like blatantly, you don't go to college. There's very few guys over on the European tour that went to school and played golf because they believe I, I would say, I don't know a hundred percent in general. Um, but I would say over in Europe, they're more career focused earlier. Like they, if they know what they want to do, they kind of go into that industry and they focus on that industry. And so a lot of these guys turn pro right when they get out of high school or what do they call it? Their, their grade 12 year intermediate, I think is what yeah. it's called. Yeah. It's some crazy British shit that I don't even know what it's called, but yeah, once they finish their or their prereqs or their like, there's so many different terms that I have no idea what they mean. Um, but right when they turn 18, 19, they start playing professionally and they dedicate themselves 100% to the game of golf. And that's why you see so many of these super young guys like Joaquin Neiman is the same thing. He came, he busts onto the scene. Everyone's like, who's he? He's like 18. Um, a lot of these guys from foreign countries did not go to college you know they they they're like what's the point if i have to do school and college in the words of uh james winston what or no i'm sorry uh what was the ohio state quarterback um cardale jones he's like we ain't here for school <laughs> like, we, like and that's how it is like a lot of these co- collegiate athletes they do have to focus on school also and and it takes away from your golf so I mean, 22 years old, he's already won three times on the two biggest tours in the world. And really, nobody knew what his name was until about a week ago over here in America. So I'm sure if I had to throw a shot in the dark, I bet he's a pretty long player. Um, and he, just the, the most amazing thing is the mental advancement of these guys that are so young and they go out on tour and win like it used to be a lot of people used to think it was like you had to go out and earn your stripes. You had to get some top tens, you know, you, you had to get comfortable in that position. And now guys are teenagers or early into their twenties and they feel comfortable going out there and beat guys (laughs) that have been on tour for 25, 30 years. You good? I'm good. Barely. Good God. Um, but yeah, that like, there's no fear in these guys. It's the game has changed so much where, a uh, 21-year-old feels no intimidation by a 35-year-old. You know, the, the wily old veteran. I almost think that the, the older guys are more scared of the younger guys <laughs> because these guys have just no fear. So I think it's uh, pretty amazing to see what he's doing. And like I said, I really didn't know who the guy was, but now I'm I'm picking him to top 10 um, at the U.S. Open. We'll get into our picks later, our draft kicks. Graph King Sportsbook picks of the week for the U.S. Open, but... I'm going to pick him to top 10 because 
he is just playing that solid right now. And, and golf is such a game of momentum, you know, and you're playing that well. It doesn't matter. He could be playing golf on the moon right now, and he'd probably top 10. Yeah, like, well, that's, that's just the kind of run he's on. Yeah, and something funny you ca- you said is he, he didn't necessarily go to college, or especially over in Europe, he started playing. Um, but he did go to University of Nevada, UNLV. Um, oh, he did? And, yeah, and so he's been over in the States for a little while. Um, but some really cool cool content. Did he graduate, though? I doubt it. I mean, the dude was born in 1999, so I don't even think he's close. <laughs> to, I don't even think he's close to graduating college now, and, and he definitely, okay. yeah, that, he definitely never true. should or will because he's got two PGA Tour starts and one win. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really need to go back and finish school. And that's the other thing I was going to say, too. Like, I think Henrik Stenson went to, like, some some – smaller university in like South Carolina but he never finished (laughs) like a lot of these guys if they do come over and play golf in the states for a little bit they feels like they rarely finish I mean Victor Hovland was like an exception to the rule to come over from the Netherlands I want to say or I'm not exactly positive where he's from but I think he yeah Whatever flag is white with a red cross around him. Is it Sweden? I don't know. We are just showing off our lack of geographical knowledge right now, so we apologize. (laughs) Yeah, we're golf guys, Uh, not big geography guys. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't give me a spot to name on the map. Um, Um, But real quick on Gary Kigo, too, is so he's a South African, um, which is – you know, Ernie Els, Gary Player, guys like that. Louis there's, Eustazen, there's so, Mark Leishman. No, Mark Leishman's from Australia. Australian. <laughs> okay. Never mind. Not, I don't know why. We're not going to talk anymore about <laughs> where Geography. players are from. But yeah. uh, Gary Player had a quote after Garrick Higo won this week. And, well, first of all, a little stat from uh, Garrick's last tournament at Palmetto. He was the only player under set to sub-70 every week or every day of the, the tournament. So that's impressive. Um, but Gary Player said, I don't think, this is a quote from the PGA Tour Instagram, I don't think I've ever been, ever in my lifetime, been more excited about anybody winning a golf tournament. And then here's some audio from Garrick. Hey, Gary. I So that's some some audio from Gary Player calling Garrick Higo after the tournament. And just really cool to see because Garrick Higo is the youngest South African to ever win a PGA Tour event since Gary Player in 1958. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Louis Tazen won before that. But yeah, I think Gary, or I'm sorry, I think Gary Player is like blatantly like dragging Louis Tazen through the mud. Because, not necessarily dragging him through the mud, but that's kind of an underhanded shot when he calls Garrick Higo. And Louis Eustazen's been such a, a well-known player. He's been, like, the biggest, the most well-known South African player. Well, like Ernie Els, too. Like, well, yeah, Ernie Els. And, well, but there's been some beef in the past where he's, like, talked about uh, how 
lose Taysom doesn't work hard and all this, and so I don't know if that was kind of like an underhanded shot at him because Louis won a lot bigger tournaments than the the Palmetto Open. You know, yeah. it's kind of a off the not off the it's it's not one of the bigger tour events. Let's put it that way. And Louis won majors, so um, I'm going to go over his stats real quick. Garrett Higos, Garrick Higos, um, European Tour stats. So this isn't including last week at the PGA Tour, but. He's not very accurate driving. He is uh, 129th on the European Tour in driving so far in 2021. Uh, driving accuracy, that is. Uh, he is 14th on the tour in driving distance. So I guessed it right. He's 22 years old and he hits it 320. You know, he's he hits it a long ass ways. Uh, greens and reg, he's ranked 31st, so pretty damn good. And putts per green and regulation, he's number two on the European Tour. So. He sounds like he hits the ball a long ways, and he's a good putter. I don't see how that could ever be a good combination. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And his, his, scoring, his scoring average is ninth on the European Tour so far in 2021. So he is, uh, he is. yeah, I can't believe he's born in 99. That just blows my mind. Um, but, yeah, he, he hits it a long ways, and he putts it well. So that's a pretty good combination if you're looking to get out on tour. Uh, bottom line. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of looking to get out on tour, uh, the Corn Ferry Tour is the basically the PGA Tour's G League or um, whatever AAA you AAA affiliation. Exactly. These are the guys that are playing every week, making a lot less money, um, but getting the chance to be on the PGA Tour if they finish you know, a certain, a certain point basically, or they, they like, there's a guy. So the guy that won last week, uh, Mito Pereira, he has now won three times on the corn Ferry tour. So he gets immediate and, uh, he gets an immediate promotion up to the PGA tour. So shout out to Mito. He's, uh, he's from, oh God, here we go again. Ch- <laughs> he's from Chile. So Joaquin Neiman, um, Basically, she gave him a shout out, but he will now be full status on the PGA Tour after winning three times on the Corn Ferry Tour. But the real big news out of the Corn Ferry Tour this week is a couple things Mitchell's going to touch on. So first of all, there is a legitimate full-on brawl, um, like we saw at at Ball Arena the other night. Suns and four, a Nuggets fan with the Jamal Murray jersey getting his ass kicked. Pretty embarrassing for us as a fan base. Um, but there was a, a legitimate brawl on the P, on the Corn Ferry Tour, excuse me, and. There was some basically lying and cheating that ended up getting a guy a, a start on the Corn Ferry Tour, or a, I guess at least into a Monday queue. So, Mitchell, why don't yeah, you talk a little bit about didn't. He definitely didn't qualify for the, the Corn Ferry event. He, he, uh, so I'll go over that one real quick first. Basically, this guy, and what a lot of people have done in the past, and now it's even more prevalent, because back in the day, you know, they would kind of let anybody hop out in a Monday qualifier and test their medal against some of the best players in the world. Cause these corn fairy guys, like, like we've been saying, you could, there's guys at Monday qualifiers for the corn fairy tour that could probably go win on the PGA tour. Like they're just that flat out that good. Um, well, like real, so real quick, sorry yeah. to interrupt you, but like, I mean, Ricky Fowler was in Monday, uh, not Monday qualifier for the U.S. Open, but he was like, he barely got beat out in like sectionals by other random dudes to be in the U.S. Open. And that's a guy that's won the player. It, like, you know, like, yeah, these uh, are. Yeah, he's a, he's a career 
yeah, he might make it to the Hall of Fame. No, I'd take that back. Never mind. <laughs> but he's a very well-known player. He's a tenured PGA Tour player that's getting beat out by this dude. I saw he had like his 18-year-old on the bag. Like he's he's just like a house dad. Like I think he's like a lawyer or something. And he's in the U.S. Open, and Ricky Fowler is not. So golf is funny that way. But there's just so many good players anymore everywhere that. It's not golf has evolved so much from 30, 40 years ago. Where if you shoot even par at your home club, no knock on me or Spencer because we both shot even par in the the golf league this week. We don't practice ever, so that's a different story. But these guys go shoot like 74, 75 at their home club. They're like, oh, I think I got a shot at maybe making it out on the Corn Ferry Tour. Like you could not be further off base with that comment. And so this one dude. I want to say he was out in Kansas. I don't have the story in front of me, but he signed up. He basically sandbagged his handicap to the point where, because they do, the only limitation they really put on uh, signing up for a Monday qualifier is a handicap limitation. Like that's the only way you can really track s- statistics. You know, you these guys aren't going to be like, okay, we need your last 10 rounds. You know, we need scorecards. They literally pull their gin handicap and whatever their handicap is. I think they put like a handicap of like one or three on like a corn fairy Monday. Um, and so this dude just clearly sandbagged the shit out of his handicap, entered in a bunch of fake scores. Do we know this dude's name, by the way? Did they post that? I don't think they released his name. I think, <laughs> well, one of his playing partners, if you follow any golf Instagram um, outlets or whatever, like Zyre Golf and stuff. I think everybody posted it there. But this guy, got a, he got a video of his swing. He was his playing partner. So I'm not sure what this guy's handicap was listed at, probably somewhere in the low single digits. He went out and shot 56 on the front nine. And the PGA section that was hosting the Monday qualifier escorted him off the course after he fired that 56. And not in like a – that's kind of the problem with golf is it makes – people it makes the pga section look like a bunch of uptight assholes but at the same time that's like blatant cheating and blatant <laughs> dude oh my god i just saw this fucking video this dude swing. His, his golf swing yeah dude i i'm pretty sure there is absolutely zero chance he's ever broken 80 and i'm not saying that's a horrible thing or whatever but he it, it's not even close. Like, if I was playing with that dude, I'd be like, am I getting punked? Like, where are the cameras? This guy is so far away from being anything that resembles a, a player that should even be in that qualifier. Like, he, he's he got this just crazy strong grip. He's waggling a million times. What do you think – how long do you think it took them to play that nine? Probably like, about two hours and 45 minutes. Well, and you can least. just see – uh, yeah, he's waggling. He's his stance is looks like he's about to sit on the toilet. Um, he's got his hands way forward. Terrible turn back, and then also to top it all off, he's walking with a push cart and got a fucking umbrella hanging off of his push cart. Like, and, and he's got a staff bag. Oh my can, god! Can dude. you see his staff bag? Yeah, he's a- got a full blown leather leather staff bag that he probably went and picked up off of eBay or stole from one of the local pros oh my god and yeah that dude 56, like i would bro. just 56 I, our mom shoots I, better than that on nine holes <laughs> yeah shout out to scooter she she's usually in the low 50s high 40s 
Um, she would she wouldn't get escorted off of a corn ferry qualifier. But Spencer and I, just real quick, Spencer and I have actually ran into people in this industry, working in this industry, that some of these guys just get this this blind confidence <laughs> where they literally think their shit doesn't stink, and they're. It's like, what kind of fantasy land are you living in? Some people just legitimately think they are good enough and they flat out are not. So I guess I can't say I'm that surprised that this happened because I bet this guy's like, oh, dude, I was so close. I was right there, you know, catch a few bad breaks. I lost a few balls. It's like, dude, you're flat out like 10 years away from being in a position to where you could actually play in that and and post a score. So I, I couldn't say it's that surprising, but absolutely ridiculous and i'm i'm glad the pga did what they did because that is unacceptable and imagine if you were playing with him and you're like five or six under um and you're you're you're, you know you're in contention like you shoot three four under on the front nine and this dude's over here hacking it out of the weeds re-teeing twice on one hole like shooting a shooting 20 over par on nine holes. He was averaging over a double bogey on every hole. Well, so so something that it's kind of funny that that reminds me of is back when we were in high school, um, I don't know if they did it when, because we switched conferences like kind of in the middle of my, my me going to high school and you were in a different conference when you started playing really well uh, sophomore, junior, senior year. Um, but when we played in high school, we were in this terrible conference with like Englewood High School. And Englewood, you know, like... These guys weren't good at golf. They didn't really like golf. They showed up they to golf. They just weren't golfers. Yeah, they yeah. showed up to golf tryouts. And I don't hate people that do that. I'm not talking shit about them. Um, but literally, they would pull. If you didn't shoot under 50 on the front nine, they would do what they did to this guy and just pull these kids off the course. So I remember there was one day, uh, me and my buddy Nate, we were uh, like the three and four. We were not in any good. I think I was a sophomore, maybe a junior. And we, I shot like 42 or 43 on the front nine. And the two dudes I played with, one from Inglewood and one from, oh, God, some other school in south Denver metro area, they both shot 51 and 54. And then Nate's group had the same thing where they, they both shot like 55 and 56. So both me and Nate ended up playing as a twosome together on the back nine because they had to kick all those kids off the course and just sit them down for the rest of the nine. <laughs> it kind of like makes that, me feel bad thinking about it, but it's also pretty hilarious just because... Yeah, so what would that have been like 2008, 2009? Yeah, two, or 2010 maybe, 20, 2009? Yeah. And even, like, look at how much the world has changed in the last 10 years. If you would have done that now, can you imagine the articles that would be written about how they're not allowing these kids to participate? Like, how unbelievable it is. Oh, 100%. I mean, even just the difference between now and then is crazy. But uh, we digress a little bit. Just a funny story. And in no way are we knocking the player himself. We're knocking the fact that he blatantly lied and cheated on his handicap in order to get into this event and then basically made a, an ass out of himself when he got there. That's what we're knocking him for. So the other story that's even more wild, like these corn fairy Mondays are, are shit of just, you'd think it was made up. You, you wouldn't believe it if you heard it. So I'm going to read this quick clip from fire pit collective. It's kind of like a golf blog site. Um, so this is out in Newton, Kansas. Uh, let's start here. 
All right. The 810 tea time at Sand Creek Station Golf Club in Newton, Kansas would provide a story unlike any I've ever heard in a Monday qualifier. Austin Daly and Derek Cribbs were paired with Luke Smith, who plays collegially at the University of Tennessee Martin. Luke's father, Oliver, president of Memphis-based Capital Prime, was caddying for his son. The group struggled early and fell behind the pace of play. It is not uncommon for groups to fall out of the of pace on the golf course. Play is typically expedited in an effort to catch up. A common courtesy in any round, especially from a slow group, is for players to help each other look for wayward shots. But according to Fribbs, the Smiths would not help in the search for errant shots. Furthermore, the Smiths failed to put the pin in the hole even after they put it out and they were the last to put out. First red flag. They're just giant douchers. Played with plenty of them. None this bad by the sounds of it. Never got swung at, but I'll keep reading. The situation came to a boil on the part three seven. Daly hit his tee shot left of the green. Fribs, ever the sportsman, went to help Daly look for his ball. Allegedly, the Smiths did not help in a search for Daly's ball. In an effort to speed up play, Fribs holed out first and headed for the eighth tee to play his next shot and try to get the group back in position. After Daly completed the hole, he said something to the Smiths about how helping look for shots might help speed the group up. This is apparently a bridge too far for the Smiths. According to Fribs, Luke and Oliver Smith started yelling at Daly about his quality of play and how it was affecting the group. So they're going full Nikola Jokic's brothers at Devin Booker, just like <laughs> screaming at him, fucking pointing at him, probably just having a having a heyday with him. Oliver went on to make it clear that his son Luke wasn't here to look for balls. My God. Okay. <laughs> Dude, real I'm quick sure, real I'm quick sure. insight. Do those names yeah. do any of these names ring a bell to you? Yeah, I played with Derek Fribbs multiple times. I was gonna say, dude, uh, Derek Fribbs went as yeah. CU product. Yeah, yeah. So Fribbs, he's a local guy. He's I'm not gonna say anything mean, but he wasn't like the coolest dude I've ever played with. So <laughs> if he if he's the nicest guy in this group, that kinda gives you an idea of what this group looks like. Yeah. Um Okay, so Daly then turned his back and walked away towards the AT. Little did he know that in a matter of seconds all hell would break loose. It was at this point that Luke Smith allegedly jumped on Daly and started throwing punches. Fribs, I can only imagine Derek Fribbs' face watching this shit. <laughs> Fribbs, who was standing on the eighth tee, ran back to try and play Peacemaker. But Oliver Smith had other plans. Elder Smith allegedly waved a putter at Fribbs. This is some, this is some shit out of, like, Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, fucking uh, Bob Barker, like, waving his putter at Adam Sandler. Um so he, he was waving the putter and anyone else with an eye on jumping in into the fracas. Oliver Smith's Fracus. putter waving Oliver Smith's putter waving was later confirmed by another PGA section official on site. And they even put pictures of these dudes, Luke and Oliver Smith, on the internet. So I'm sure they're having a rough couple weeks of it here. Well, yeah, they're, I, I mean, the guys got arrested, so there's probably yeah. a mugshot out there somewhere. <laughs> the group playing behind the brouhaha called the pro shop to come break up the fight. Me, personally, I'd be like, let him go. <laughs> I'd be like, stay off the greens, don't, don't damage our greens, please, but if you're swinging, just hit him hard. Well, the go- <laughs> when the golf staff arrived, Daly was asked if he would like to press charges. Absolutely. Daly said, I was assaulted. <laughs> the golf staff took both Daly and Luke Smith back to the clubhouse in unarmored golf carts. Why the hell? I don't know of anywhere that has an armored golf cart. Maybe Trump National. Um, where Smith was placed under arrest. Smith was bailed out shortly after. 
Daddy just got the checkbook out real quick. No word on the whereabouts of Oliver Smith or the putter were available at the time when the story was released. Fribs, rattled but willing to compete, had an official from the local PGA section walk with him for the remaining hole so he could complete the round. On the 10th hole, a police officer came out to get his statement. You're like, in between holes, like, let me give an official statement for this arrest and then go grabbing, try to... Grabbing a glizzy at the turn in a Monday <laughs> queue and getting the fucking statement. Good God. Oh, my Lord. Um, at the conclusion of the play... Of play, the PGA section refunded Fribs' entry fee, a fine gesture on their part, for what was the most unusual Monday qualifier for all involved. It was crazy. I can't believe it happened. Fribs added the end of the story. Um, and so here's the police report that was tweeted out by Newton, Kansas Police Department. One suspect was arrested Monday morning after a fight at Sand Creek Station Golf Course. The victim and suspect were golfing together as part of a qualifying event for the PGA Corn Ferry Tour, Wichita Open. An argument began when the suspect and his father, Caddy, refused to help look, victim look for an errant golf ball in the rough. The suspect then punched the victim in the face and tackled him to the ground. He held the victim down until he said uncle and then released. <laughs> Say uncle. Call me daddy. Oh, my God. Uh, Newton police arrested the suspect, Luke Smith, of Covington, <clears throat> Tennessee, and he was booked into the Harvey County Detention Center on one count of misdemeanor battery. The report, the report will be forwarded to the Newton City uh, Prosecutor's Office for review of the charges. So that is one hell of a roller coaster of a story. There, I I can't imagine how that all actually went. Uh, what a time! What a what a crazy story, dude. People are getting out of hand. Like golf is coming to a boil at this point. So <laughs> that's awesome. So real quick before we get into our U.S. Open preview and talk about and give you guys our DraftKings pick of the week, we want to tell you guys about DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's not only my favorite sportsbook app, but it is also America's, hence the top rating on the App Store. It's easy to navigate and has plenty of instructions for new bettors and limitless ways to get in on the action. If you look hard enough, you can bet on just about anything from a game. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. All you have to do is pick any basketball team that's left. So that's the basically the Jazz versus the Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks, who took an insane three. Uh, well, the Nets took an insane three to two lead yesterday in that series. Incredible comeback, Kevin Durant. Yeah, what man. were they down by like twenty five? Yeah, and Kevin Durant played all forty eight minutes. <laughs> uh, so incredible stuff from the Slim Reaper there. But basically, all you got to do is pick one of those teams to win. You bet one dollar and you win one hundred dollars in site credits and your account takes off from there. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, baseball bets. If you're going to a game, bet the bet the first pitch to be in play. It's usually like plus 700. Um, that's a riot. Or the first pitch to be a striker ball. That is a good time. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR when you sign up, and you get the chance to turn one measly dollar into $100, and then you get the freedom to bet from there. Bet on your basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and you get $100 in free site credits. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook when using that promo code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, wage paid, wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. All right. The 122nd U.S. Open. In our face, we will be live from the bar 
Sunday afternoon. Who will be coming down the stretch in the lead and who is going to take home this tournament? We're going to give you guys some picks, so log into your DraftKings Sportsbook app now and take these or don't. We don't really care, but I feel really good about winning this week. I feel really good about the guys I've done research on. The guys that so Tory Pines first of all let's talk about the golf course a little bit. They've already had a tour event here, won by Daniel Berger in early in the year, the Farmers Insurance Open, and they're the golf course is going to look very different this week. So um, I know for sure I've seen from Ian Poulter's TikTok. Speaking of TikTok, by the way, follow us DNVR underscore golf. We are popping off on the TikTok. I actually asked. Uh, my fiance yesterday, I said, what's it like to know somebody like to be dating a famous TikToker? It was kind of a joke, but we are also <laughs> popping off with our uh, our pro shop calls. People seem to really like that. So make sure you're following us on the talk. Um, we're we're going to be starting a, a golf house on the talk soon. You know, it's just a matter of time. Um, we're going to move to Miami and just... <laughs> Make, just make TikToks just, all day. Just create all day. Just create TikToks. Exactly. So um, a couple of bets that I want to give you guys, just props. Like I said, there's a ton of props this week. Um, with it being a major, they give you extra, you know, extra, basically extra things that you can bet on versus just like the regular standard, you know, top 10, first round leader, et cetera, et cetera. So if you head over to the U.S. Open on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, um, the the low like if you go over to nationality props and then you go um, sw- slide over to the uh, do, 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 uh, Ireland um, not Ireland but Britain and Ireland tab uh, Shane Lowry top British and Irish player plus six hundred I really like that bet Shane Lowry I think is going to have a great week we kind of he's one of our wubbies we pick him a lot so. I'm going to roll a Shane Lowry as the top British and Irish player. That is plus 600. And then um, DraftKings, as they always do, are giving out some great boosts. And uh, they're giving out a Brooks versus Bryson boost. And I actually asked Mitchell today. It was pretty great because... We we're you know we've been in in the game the betting game for a while and we know our we usually know our odds pretty well and things like that and I asked him what the Brooks versus Bryson uh, matchup for the line. tournament was line and he yeah. said ah, I think Brooks is probably minus one sixty I mean why wouldn't he be what's Bryson done in the line I mean he won a couple of weeks ago but other than that what has he done in every major but flop every year the, the talks all about him and then he comes he has in one he did win the U.S. Open last year he's defending. Okay. Well, bro- <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yes, but but, but I, I, like you just, I gotta think that you would take Brooks over Bryson, like, and I I really think it was because Brooks hasn't played these last few weeks. But so, what was the line since you said Brooks was or so Brooks Bryson was minus one thirty six? Yeah, one thirty six, and Brooks was plus one hundred five. But DraftKings is boosting that the Brooks versus Bryson matchup. Um, they're not going get to get to play together in the first two rounds, unfortunately. The USGA dropped the ball on that one. But um, Brooks, you get it boosted to plus 110. And I honestly think, I mean, Brooks kept his one, two of the last three U.S. Opens and got second in the other one. So uh, Brooks is, I think he's real motivated to, I think he thinks all this stuff is funny with him and Bryson, but he's also, I think, real motivated to play really well this week. It's a no, It's a major, it's a U.S. Open where he thrives. And I just don't see him. I, I, I he's my pick, one of my picks. I'll just say it now to win the tournament. 
And I don't see him losing to Bryson DeChambeau here at Torrey Pines. With the rough the yeah. way it is, um, Ian Poulter's TikTok, like I was saying earlier before I got off on a tangent, it, like he dropped a ball literally with a camera right in front of him and you couldn't see it. So if you're hitting it in the rough this week, you just have absolutely no shot. 100%. Um, I am going to go real quick to the Australian props. I would take... I know it's not great, but Cameron Smith as the top Australian is plus 175. I mean, it's still plus odds. It's not like you're you're going minus here. Um, and then another interesting one would be uh, Sergio Garcia to be the top Spanish player at plus 300. Everybody thinks <laughs> Rom is going to play well. But Rom has a tendency to throw out some turds. Like, you never really know how well he's going to play. It's not a it's not a guarantee that he's going to play well like some of these guys. Like you know, Dustin Johnson's going to be there. You know that uh, Brooks Kepka is going to be right there. You know, there's a few guys where you're like, you can bank on that. But Rom, it just kind of depends on the week with the U.S. Open. With the he, he's just he seems to be fairly consistent inconsistent for where he is world ranking wise and. How good his career's been. He's been known to throw out a bad start here and there. Well, and um, I think the thing about Rom, he's like the biggest wild card in this field because he's won at Torrey Pines, but he is a guy that he's coming off COVID, but he was maybe the hottest golfer or at least had the hottest three rounds of any golfer in the uh, Memorial a couple weeks ago. So you just don't know what you're going to get from him. He's playing really good golf, but who knows what he's been allowed to do since he got the positive COVID test. And, and you know, like, he, he's a complete wild card. He could win this tournament, and he could also miss the cut. I don't feel 100%. like, I don't yeah. feel confident in what he's going to do at all. I don't either, so he'll probably win. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to roll, I'm rolling here my picks. I'm rolling Victor Hovland, uh, the guy we've talked about in week in, week out. He's one of those guys we pick a lot. But he is just so consistent ball striking off the tee. He's so accurate, but he's also got the, the length. And then he's also a phenomenal iron player. The only thing that really concerns me is he is one of the, relatively speaking, one of the worst chippers out there. <laughs> We've seen videos of him like sculling shit across the green, and everybody does it, but probably not the guys on tour as much. So I'm just hoping that he can hit a lot of greens this week. Just hit 72 greens, and you won't have a problem. You will probably win. Um so he's plus 2,200 to win, uh, plus 250 to top 10. And then I am rolling with Will Zalatoris. Uh, had a coming out party at the Masters, but he's been playing really good golf all season. His game hits it a long way. I mean, it, it sounds like a broken record here, but uh, he's plus 4,000 to win, plus 350 to top 10. Um, and who is my last pick, Spencer? It was. Well, you had. Oh, oh, Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith was my other pick. Uh, I really do like him this week. Really good short game. He's really good around the greens, and he's a pretty damn good driver of the ball. Uh, if he can keep it in play, which I think he will, he is plus four hundred to top ten and plus fifty five hundred to win. So you can sprinkle where and however you please, but I do really like those three guys. Yeah, so another another fun bet I'm going to take in this tournament is I'm going to take there to be a hole-in-one in the golf tournament, so that's minus 137. And then I'm also going to take um, 
a hole-in-one to be made on the third hole, which is basically Torrey Pine South's signature hole. It can play like a 9-iron, it can play up to a hybrid, um, but I'm going to take a hole-in-one on hole three in the tournament, and that is plus 400, um, and I do believe there will be a hole-in-one at this week, because I'll probably be by somebody that's not even in the tournament, like not... not um, in contention, I should say. They're, they're definitely going to be in the tournament. But uh, one of the wild things about Torrey Pines, and who knows how much longer we'll have this in the game of golf, but uh, you, they're actually going to lose weekend rounds this weekend. <laughs> you know, it's not like a, a private course that's churning out like 80 to 100 rounds on a weekend, super private, like most of these courses the guys play. Uh, Torrey Pines, you can make tee times up to 90 days out. And, and just pay to play there, anybody. Um, and so they usually churn out like 200 plus rounds a day. So having 156 in the U.S. Open on Thursday, Friday, they're actually going to you know, gonna lose some rounds. But uh, a couple of my other picks. So, so, so real quick, something tells me financially they're doing okay. Oh, yeah. So, I think they're doing all right. They're yeah. Surviving. Oh, yeah, they're going to survive the loss of rounds because they're hosting a major. Um, so my three <laughs> picks, like I said earlier, Brooks Kepka 1,800. I just... Picking against him in the U.S. Open is just something I'm not going to do anymore, and he is plus 175 to top 10 it. Uh, another guy scrolling down the leaderboard a little bit more, one of my favorites, and one of RK, our boys' favorites. I just He's so he's the best player tee to green and has been for the last 100 rounds, and if he gets the putter going, um, being a U.S. Open, you know, you got to make putts. Of course, you have to make putts to win any tournament, but this is one of those that, you know, the winner may be eight seven, eight, nine under, which is, you don't have to make a ton of birdies. You just make a lot of pars and, and take your birdies where you can get them. So Colin Morikawa at plus 2,500 to win the tournament and plus 250 to top 10. Um, and then my third pick, as I mentioned earlier, Shane Lowry, plus 4,000 to win the tournament, plus 300 to top 10. Um, really like that pick as well. I, uh, he actually said to bet on him earlier this week. I think he feels really comfortable at this course. He's been playing some better golf and just been consistently up there all year. So I'm going to take those three. And then one of my sleeper picks, um, he, I'm not, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'm not going to say I'm not going to take him to win it. He could win the tournament, but he's another guy that always shows up in the U.S. Open, and that's Webb Simpson. He's plus 4,500 to win the tournament and plus 400 to top 10. So those are my picks for this week. I, I really love those three guys, um, and Webb Simpson, I think, is another. It's a little bit of a flyer, but I feel like those guys are going to show up this week and, and be, those are, I'm, I'm betting on some history at the U.S. Open here just because those guys are, those guys have, have done it here before. And, you know, Morikawa, especially, he's from California. He's played a lot of golf in this area, probably played Torrey Pines a few times. I know it's going to be a, in different shape, but I feel like he hits the fairway a lot, and that's what you need in a tournament like this, especially. For sure, dude. And I, I forgot to mention Garrick Higo. I mentioned him earlier. I don't think he's going to win, and just every brain cell in my head would explode if he did win because with it he's playing really good golf <laughs> jesus dude chill out he <laughs> spencer's been like halfway to throwing up here this entire podcast and it's eight in the morning so i don't quite know what's going on it's my usual um, morning routine bro <laughs> uh so here goes plus seven thousand to win like i said maybe toss a dollar on it i don't know but he's plus 500 to top 10 and he's playing that good of golf and he's on that kind of role. I definitely think he has a really good chance of top tening. I don't think he's going to win, but 
like I said, with a guy that's that playing that well and he's basically won three times in the last month, you really can't pick against him. So uh, Garrett Kigo, top 10 also, plus 500. I like that. Who Who is your third pick again? i got to make sure I lock these in. Zalatoris Smith and... And um, Victor Hovland. Hovland. Dude, Hovland is so fun, man. He's one of my favorites to watch of all time. He is just, yeah, he makes golf fun to watch. Like, he, he never really get, has a bad attitude. He just kind of goes out and rolls with the punches. Um, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but it's so funny because you look at him and he's always got, like, the shit-eating grin on his face. And his favorite music is, like, heavy death metal. <laughs> and you, you just picture him with his AirPods in, like, listening to corn or some shit just screamo ass music and he's just sitting there smiling like walking around like it looks like he's listening to i'm walking on sunshine or like (laughs) pocket full of sunshine or you know like oh i love that yeah and he's like listening to the screamo ass music head banging like in his head but on the outside he's just calm cool and collected so he's a he's a different kind of cat i just i really enjoy the guy yeah so that'll wrap it up for us this week you guys make sure to tune in to us on sunday afternoon probably when the play the leaders get to about 15 or 16 of course we want one of our picks to win but really all we hope for in every golf tournament is that it's close at the end makes it fun uh makes it more intense to watch that coming down the stretch and as always follow me on twitter at big drive spence follow him mitchell at big drive mitch our DNVR official Twitter account at DNVR underscore golf. Hit us with a follow there. And on TikTok, DNVR underscore golf. We got some funny content coming from that. Until next time, we'll see you guys all on Sunday to crown a winner of the U.S. Open. And we'll see you all at League, hopefully next Tuesday. Get signed up for that. Get the Breck Brews, get the golf bag, all that stuff. So we'll talk to you all next time. Happy U.S. Open week. Peace.